Welcome back to Beer and Football. Liverpool dropped three in a row at home, and Arsenal played so well against Wolves that they tried to play again with nine players, and that didn't work out too well. Um, it was a rough week for everyone uh, in terms of our teams, and uh, yikes, we have a lot to talk about, mostly bad, but a little bit of good, so we'll, we'll see how this one goes. Jeff, how are we doing this week? Mike, what's good? Uh, I'm not too sure. Uh... <laughs> not a lot, really. Uh, the, the weather's cold. It doesn't look like it's getting any warmer. I can't go do outside and do anything. And the, the football that we're watching is not making me feel much better. So um, we got beer. So that's that's what's good at this point. Uh, Joe, how's it going over, over by you? Um, it's all right. We got a lot of snow. It feels like all I do is shovel every day. Um, temperatures are crazy cold and, you know, we... Look forward to the weekend watching football and the past couple of weeks haven't been great, but you know, it's still entertaining and you know, it is what it is and we'll move forward, but can't complain here on my end. How are you, Mike? Uh, yeah, about the same. Like I said, we got dumped on pretty good in the last few weeks. It seems like it's constantly snowing and um, the temperatures have dropped. It's, it was negative zero at one point. Not sure how that's even possible, but um <laughs> Yeah, it's just the life in the Midwest, I guess. Uh, no, things are good. Um, high school soccer is going to be starting up in a couple of weeks, so that's something to look forward to because uh, Arsenal are not playing well. So, Or they're playing well. They're just not getting the results, I should say. They're actually playing pretty pretty decent, actually. They just can't figure out how to score more goals than our opponents, like John Madden always says. You know, It's the <laughs> only way to win. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I guess we could maybe jump in. I don't know if we're ready to talk about our performances yet. I mean, I think we're still hurting a little bit, but uh, we, we can give it a shot here. Um, so we each have some, some not great results to talk about. So Arsenal played Wolves and Villa. Um, both lost. One was an interesting game, and one was a very chaotic game. Uh, so Wolves, we went down to nine players after a, a, a first half that was probably the best we've played all season. Um, Joe... I don't even know how to, how to ask this question. Like, what are your thoughts on that game? Because that first 45 minutes of 30 seconds were amazing. I think we played them off the park. They really didn't have a chance. And then we thought the whistle was going to blow, and then we ended up giving a goal uh, right before halftime and, then, and lost the players. So what? how were you feeling going into halftime before everything went down and then maybe everything after? It was, like you said, we were by far the better team. We were in control. Um, and like a lot of matches that have happened this year, it's a lot of individual mistakes that lead to, to goals against us. Um, and it's not really a lot of teams that are, you know, just tearing us apart and scoring lately. Um, it seems like we make a mistake and they capitalize on it and it just gets really frustrating, um, because we think we're kind of turning that that you know making that turn to limit those things and then it just kind of comes back and it haunts us and uh you know david louise i don't i don't know what he's doing he's uh it's there's a lot it's a huge talking point on you know is it a red card is it not everything like that and i think he absolutely knew what he was doing um he hit the guy's foot the guy goes down he's the last man in like you know 10 yards out He's got to go, um, in my opinion. And 
you know, that just shows his just lack of awareness and understanding. And, you know, I, I get, I understand, you know, wanting to go all out and, and not allow a goal and do whatever you can to not let them score. And, you know, maybe he gets that foul and they miss the PK and, you know, we're up one, nothing, we're down a man and we could maybe handle it. Um, but the way the game was going is we were so dominant that even if they would have scored, I think we win that game three, one, and, you know, we never really would have turned back. And, you know, that just, once you go down a man and, you know, then the substitution, I think is a talking point too of uh, Arteta. Um, I don't think taking off Lacazette to bring on Gabriel was, was the right play. Um, you know, Lacazette for all he does is crucial to our ability to hold up play and just as an outlet and taking him off the field for a defender, uh, you know, just killed us. Um, we had nothing up top and it was just, we were playing for 45 minutes to try to keep it at one, one. And I'm not a huge fan of that. Uh, and I, I get it, but, you know, I think taking Smith Rowe off and having not an attacking number 10 kind of player, uh, but keeping Lacazette at that number nine would have possibly allowed us to have more of a the ability to play going forward. And, you know, that kind of limited it. And then Lutinho had a great goal. Um, can't take anything away from that. Uh, it was a, a bomb into the corner and, you know, well, credit to him because he, he took it. He had no one in front of him and, you know, he put it away. So it was a, a frustrating game because we kind of hurt ourselves, which is annoying. Yeah, I think I agree with that. The substitution was very odd. I think I agree with you in terms of Smith throw was probably the better option there. We don't really need a 10 if we're playing in a different way. I mean, if we're not going to be attacking the goal, we don't need a person between the lines like that. I think like is that on the field would have been a lot better as opposed to keeping Smith Rowe on there. Um, I actually didn't think we played all that bad down a player. I think we even had a chance to, even with nine players, I think we had one or two chances to score. We actually probably could have, if we kept it even at 10 players, we still could have come out of that with something. Um, and 100%, if we would have been 11 on 11, we would have walked all over them the rest of that game. Um, it's just unfortunate because that first half was so good that, that whatever happened in the second half and injury time in the first half just killed any kind of game plan that we had, which is so unfortunate because, like I said, we're trying to, like, it seemed like we were turning that corner and it just, you can't, like, count on us to have a full 90 for some reason. Something's always going to happen to take away all the good that we've done up until this point. So before the obviously game, like, with, with two red cards, it's going to throw any any preparation for the game out the window. Um, you know, so you guys are talking that it's it does you know, tend to derail some momentum, but can you just discount the you know the second half and say ah we're not even going to worry about that, or is it so worrying that these these two red cards, not only one red card but two red cards can happen? Um, is that the bigger issue or is it, um, you know, we were, we were playing fine. We were playing really well up until that. So let's just dismiss the, you know, nine versus 11 game. I mean, that's kind of the way I took it. Um, you know, getting two red cards. If you have two red cards in a game and you end the match with nine men, 
you're probably going to lose. Um, and the way that we got our red cards were, you know, the first one is, <laughs> it is what it is. The second one with Leno is, you know, all I could do was laugh when I saw it. Like, what could he possibly be thinking? Um, and, you know, he hit the ball so hard, you know, it was unbelievable. And he was like 15 yards outside of his box. And he just like punched it further than he punches across coming into the box. And, you know, it's the, when it, when it happened, I just laughed because I thought that that's all you could do in this game and the way it was going and just how ridiculous. And, um, you know, that was just kind of the icing and, you know, he knew it was ridiculous and he just walked off and went right down the tunnel. They were looking at it. It looked like they were going to go to VAR and decide and, he was already in the tunnel, like get down the hallway because he knew what he did. And, you know, it was very strange. So, so I was trying, I was seeing that game as just a, one of those one-off kind of things that, you know, it was a couple of mistakes and led to goals and just ridiculous and we'll move on. And, you know, I, I left it the game relatively confident because of the way we played in our first half and with everyone on the, you know, everyone in and playing well it was it was a good first half and you know we are not we are by far not a finished product so this was a great point to start from and you know Wolves is a very good team and we looked so much better than them in the first half so you know it was a I was pleased um, minus the result and the way that the game ended so I I thought it was a but let's I was looking forward to playing Villa in the next game. So yeah, I'm like I was less like frustrated with that result because of how well we played up until the point of the chaos taking over. Um I think that if we don't get that first red card, Leno doesn't get a second red card. I think he may have like overcompensated for like whatever happened in the first half. And I think he has a cooler head than that. I think he would have been a little calmer. He wouldn't have come out like that. Because as a professional keeper, you understand the conditions of the field. Like that ball is going to skip. He could have stayed in the box. It would have came right to his hands. I think he, I don't know, got thrown off by the game state at that point. But I'm like less concerned, like I said, about that result. I was actually looking forward to the Villa game, thinking that we were going to just come out and, have like a siege mentality us against the world type of thing. And it just didn't kind of pan out that way. Um, for some reason, we just don't show up in the first five minutes against Villa. Um, but with that being said, like it just, I was in a good spot mentally as an Arsenal fan, even after that result, because <laughs> Which I gotta knew be saying the direction, <laughs> you know, I, the direction that we're going and the way that we're playing is extremely positive And I can see what our, we are going towards, so I'm not super upset about it. And at this point, I mean, the league may be out of reach for us to finish in the top four. It was there was a glimpse of hope there for a while, but at this point, it's pretty much gone with the last couple of results. There's just too much ground to cover. But anything that happened, you know, Arsenal will, again probably win the Europa League given the game state of everything else that's happening around us. But you know, it's just a weird, weird season. But. Um, well, this moving uh, on to Villa. Well, before okay. we move on, I could talk about yeah. this is why the root beer I chose. I chose a Sprecher's root beer because it made me laugh. Like this root beer, we had uh, 
uh, interesting time in Galena. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, it made me laugh with the Chub Rub Club. So I thought of this and it reminded me of Leno's, uh, Leno's handball. All I could do was laugh. So I thought this was a very fitting root beer for it. Um, yeah, Alex, and before we move on to the Villa game, I think it, we would be amiss without talking about Pepe's goal. I mean, what a great goal that was. It was a great finish. Um, it, 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 other than the finish, I mean, he it was the one that caused that turnover and then Plate got the ball back and then had a brilliant solar run, got a couple of nutmegs and a good finish on his off foot. Like, such a really good goal, and he's someone who's really stepping up and playing and kind of – coming into his own after all the controversy and criticism he's been taking since he's gotten here. So I think it was a really good moment. He's doing really well. Yeah. It was a, one of those goals. You're just like, Oh man, keep going, keep going. And then when it got onto his right foot, I was like, uh, I felt like he was going to go out for a corner. <laughs> and then I look in the nets moving and I'm like, well, that's perfect. So I'm glad that he's, he's kind of turned it around and he's finding a little spot out there and, Hopefully he can make it his own because he, at his best, he is very dangerous and very fun to watch. So hopefully there's more of it. So if he's going to be playing on the left where he seems to be more effective, what, does that move uh, Abba up front? Or hopefully is not. It, is it Pabba? Is it Lacazette well, or Pepe or nothing? Yeah, I think this is one of the many things that me and Joe may disagree on. Um, but you don't think he should move to the middle? Aubameyang? Yeah. He doesn't uh, have to move so much then. Um, if if we want to win and play well, he should not move into the middle. When he's Do you the, think – He played 30 minutes in the middle against Villa, and he made four passes. That's all he did for 30 right. minutes. His job is not to pass. His job um, is to score goals. So – Correct. He didn't, he was never even close to scoring goals against Villa in his 30 minutes. I think the rest of the team's fault, then. So, if that's the mentality, (laughs) then that's going to be really, really hard. Um, I don't think that he is capable of leading the line up top as our focal point number nine. Uh, I think those days are past him. Um, I don't think he is his hold-up play is non-existent um, and he is easy to defend um, up top because he's going to be having his back to the goal and he's not good with his back to goal. Um, what is his strength at this point? His uh, For me, his strength is out on the wing in space and running at defenders on the counter. That's where I think his strength is. Um, and when he's out on the wing and we're on the counter, he's someone that you don't want running at you when we have possession and his back is to goal and he's checking back to get the ball. He is exactly where you want him to be. And we, we are not a team that lumps balls over the top. Um, and anymore, anymore. And that's what he needs. He wants the ball kicked far and for him to run at it so um i don't think if he's up top we're going to really struggle and that's what happened when against villa you know william came in Aubameyang came in 
and the game died. We, those two killed the game for us. And it was. Well, I think. Go ahead. I just, I think that we can utilize what you think his strengths are, which I agree those are his strengths, but I think we can utilize them in a way that if he plays through the middle, we can utilize those strengths. I think if we play him more in like a, like the way Vardy plays, where like, I think him coming on, he didn't have the space to really do anything. Even if he was out on the wing, I don't think he would have had that space because Villa were up one and they were just packing it in and we were playing pretty much to their strengths. And that's why we had a really hard time getting through. I think if that game is more open, he would have had more opportunities and chances. I think Lacazette still drops a little too deep and then is also expected to like get in the box, even with Smith Rowe and Odegaard <clears throat> playing in those those areas and half spaces. I I think that we can use him in the middle. I think that's where our future is going because we're not going to have Lacazette next year. We're not going to, I think we sell him because we've already invested all the money in Aubameyang. And I think if we, I mean, especially if the league is not really an option at this point, I think we start playing, and I think we talked about this a few weeks ago or a podcast ago that like, if we start playing in the way we have this four, two, three, one, and we slot him in the middle, we start going towards that direction and then we find the pieces to surround it and solidify that formation in the summer. I think that's a, the right way to go forward. If we give him more time in that central spot, because Pepe is creating a, a good problem, how good he's playing on the left. And Martinelli is obviously going to be there as well. I we're not, We can't have three players there and then no one to rotate with Lacazette. I, I think it's just a natural progression of what we're doing. If he's in the middle, it's going to, kind of further that progression and we start playing that way we can build that play going I, I think he could do it and that way we can keep Pepe on the field because I think he's a, a hard on starter at this point as opposed to Abba right now given the form that they're both in well Pepe can't play on the right like he's not on the right Saka's no. got to be there yeah Aubameyang is not anywhere close to being in good form he's at five goals in 20 game in 19 league games yeah um yeah. which is th- what he contributes to a team is scoring goals and he's not doing it um so for me he's he's not starting and if he starts up top i think we're in trouble to score goals because you said he's at his best when there's lots of space for him and typically when we play teams, they don't allow us to have a lot of space. So um, uh, that's kind of the, the issue we need out on the wing. He can find more space because it's just, that's where more space is in the middle. He's got two defenders on him. He's got, you know, a holding midfielder and, you know, we're kind of in possession and, trying to find different things and Aubameyang has shown in the night and every time he's been up top this year that he can't handle it. Um, and he doesn't, he doesn't do enough. And he I also can't... think when he was up top, we weren't really playing in this formation and style. We, since ESR has come in, we've played much differently and I don't think he's really been involved in that role in the style that we're 
currently playing. So, and then that leads me if is his link up play and combination play equal to or better than Lacazette's? For me, it's a not even close. It's a no. And yeah, I mean, I think there's yeah difference there. And but... Lacazette, the way that he has linked up with play and brought people in and been able to do quick one touch passes and and get ESR root moving and Saka moving and Pepe moving is something that Aubameyang doesn't have in his arsenal, um, and that makes things harder for Smith Rowe, for Saka, for Pepe for all those people because there's no focal point up top with a bombing on the field as the lone striker. We also don't know if we necessarily need him to drop deep the way Lacazette does. I think we need him in the box and it because with Odegaard and ESR there, I think that they're like already occupying that space. And I know like Lacazette has been doing a good job connecting with them, but I think we were also not in the box scoring those goals. Lacazette's he's our leading goal scorer, and he's only got ten for the whole season. Uh, Abba's not doing that much better, but I just think we need more that person who's going to be that front player to be in the box more instead of dropping so far back to connect with the midfield. Um, it, yeah, it's, I don't know. I just it's, it's just I, something we I need. hope I we, we don't go that route too. I hope we don't go that route of Aubameyang as our focal point um, because I don't enjoy watching Arsenal as much when Aubameyang is put up top. Hey, if, if you guys are up for it, um, Origi is a fantastic focal point and we'd be willing to, <laughs> to pass him along your way. Hey, he's a, a proven goal scorer in big games. Uh, he was. Yes, he was. <laughs> so. I think he's taller than both of our strikers, so I think we'll take that. He apparently, if I'm speaking your language, he has gone the route of Van Dyke, hey. and uh, he's past his prime. That's what happens when you go to Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> um, you get a couple yeah, real good quick, years. Villa, Villa, we lost one zero on a goal that we gave up in the first couple minutes. That game didn't go exactly the way we thought it would or wanted to, given the way that we were performing. I don't think we played necessarily bad, but we, I don't think we played super well to win. I think we uh, tie would have been a, a decent result given the chances that we had. I mean, Odegaard had a clear shot. Uh, first time he really took a shot since he's come in, kind of skied it over. But I think it was, he got in the right spot. I think we had some good build-up play, but again, the result wasn't there. But um, again, I'm less worried about the result at this point because i mean we're playing pretty decent i mean we didn't show up to play in the first five minutes but i think the way that we're playing and our style is moving us in the right direction i think it's looking pretty good i mean we had three players missing and we still tied man U a few weeks ago so i think we're going in the right way and we're playing in a, a really fun way to watch i think we're actually fun to watch again yeah um, which is more important than really results at this point point of in a season that is so chaotic that we're kind of too far out any, at this right now so i think as long as we're playing well and we're moving forward i'm okay yeah those the two results even though they're two losses i am not angry i think the way that we played was is fine um and i didn't and i am looking forward again to arsenal matches which a couple months ago i could not say that so there's uh some definite progress and, you know, hope, hope it continues and 
it can come along with some results too. So. And with that being said, uh, the beer I chose this week is um, it's called Hazy Hero. Um, it is Shocker Shocker, a hazy IPA. This one's from uh, Revolution Brewing, the Chicago brewery. Um, <clears throat> very delicious. Well, it's about 7.3 in content, but it's very good. It goes down smooth. It doesn't taste too hoppy. Um, and I picked it because, you know, yeah, the results haven't been great. And there's a bit of a haze around the, the club and in terms of like where we're going to end up in the league. But if you look really hard through that haze, there is a hero coming out. You can oh, see there it is. a silhouette. There you can see is. the shape of a hero who is finally coming into form. And his name is Nicola Pepe. Um, he's been playing very well lately. I think he's going to continue to stand out. and He's going to continue to give us performances that we're excited to see. I have been a very, um, per, I've been someone who's been really backing him since he's come in, even though he hasn't hit the ground running. But I think, again, we've been playing him in not his necessarily good best position, and he, we're just not setting him up for success. So I think he's really starting to find his form, and uh, he's coming through. And he's my my hazy hero this week. That was a uh, that was a good little good little <laughs> thing. I, I, I just uh, I felt I felt good about that. <laughs> <laughs> he's not William, so it's uh, definitely a good step. He and should. I, I'm at this point. I'm very convinced that William has naked photos of um, <laughs> Arteta at this point because there's no reason why this guy sees the field ever again. I just don't understand. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Leave the guy but, alone. All right, that's that's enough Arsenal hey, talk. We I think can, we would do a whole podcast on how bad William is. We would do an Origi for William swap in a second. We'll even pay you. <laughs> Any day. We, we will pay for you to William the deal. There is no there is no price that I would not pay to get William to you never. You get him see for another again. couple of years. I know. Only two and a half oh. more years we got. <laughs> Only oh till my. he's forty eight. <laughs> Only till he's forty eight. He'll be an Arsenal. Yeah. We are in the business of just paying people to leave the club, so he is definitely on that list of players that we could. Oh with. man, that would be um, one thing that I think if they, like Fenerbahce did for uh, Ozil, trying to get support fans to help uh, crowdfund, baby. Yeah, crowdfund. crowdfund. <laughs> if if they put that out there to pay off William, it would get bought. It would get paid out tomorrow. The whole world would pay to get William out of Arsenal. I don't know. I might pay to keep him in because yeah, this, this banter has been fantastic. <laughs> if you want to pay us money to keep him, Jeff, we'll definitely do that as yeah. well. Um, so we had a couple losses on the on the record. Uh, Liverpool dropping three at home for the first time in what since the eighties, something like that. So 60, like a long 60s. time. It's been a while. Sixties. Yeah, whatever. Um, it's, how... it's before we were born. Let's just put it that way. Um, bad. You know, we go three years without a loss and then we go three weeks with three losses. It's, um, there's something going on. Yeah. That's, that's pretty safe to say. And, you know, and, and there can be, you could throw, you could throw a ton of different things at the, at the wall and see what sticks. But in the end, the performance just is the performances have just not been there. Um, and that comes down to right player selection you know, what do we have at our disposal, you know, injuries versus, you know, who are we filling in trying to find solutions, uh, mentality, tiredness, it, it really, you, you, you're not going to be able to pin it on one thing. And it's, it's just going to be something that they got to get out of. 
Uh, they gotta they gotta stick together. They Klopp branded them as mentality monsters over the last couple of years. And so they really need to show that right now. Uh, and they haven't been. Performances haven't been there. And the, and the truth is, you know, Mike, you and I were going back and forth a little bit in the Brighton game and or um, the City game about Brighton. Brighton played better. Brighton were the overall better team. <clears throat> Granted, Liverpool had more possession, but that's just how they play. Brighton were forcing turnovers left and right. They had more chances on goal. Um the thing that I had to say is that Liverpool did start to look like they were trying for a plan B in the first 10 minutes of the game. They were going with balls over the top and Salah was in on goal and, and they were starting to stretch the team a little bit. And then something happened like 10 minutes into the game. They just stopped. They completely stopped and, and everything became predictable again. So it, it makes me wonder if there is direction from the coaches that's saying we're not allowed to play the ball over the top is it the center backs that are not, that they're afraid to because, you know, Fabinho and, and Henderson aren't used to that role. I don't know. Um, but there's, I think a combination of things going on. It's weird. I sent him a message that he's the only one allowed to put balls over the top. I don't think I don't know. And not allowed to pull a Van Dyke without Van Dyke being there. I don't know. (laughs) And, And I wonder if like, well, they're not – it's probably not, like, don't play any more long balls over the top. Like, there are two center midfielders that are back there. And, you know, it's not always looked at it from a center midfielder to be playing long balls over the top. You know, you kind of yeah. want to keep possession and, and keep it simple um, and kind of get the ball into your playmaker's feet in the middle of the field and go from there. And, you know, that might be – a little bit of their mentality, like, you know, Henderson, he can play a wonderful ball. Fabinho is, he seems more of like the, the holding midfielder, like I get it and get rid of it quick. Um, but, you know, Henderson, I, I'd like to see him take more chances with long balls and, and do that, play that kind of Van Dyke over the top. Cause I think he's more capable of it, but it's just a weird, it's yeah. weird for him gotta be yeah it's it's definitely and 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 to be honest they've done a really good job defensively mm-hmm. i mean you know we'll touch on the city game in a minute but even then they they did a pretty decent job um you know there there is the the talk of the penalty uh, anyway we'll get in the city game in a few minutes but overall in the last stretch of games where, where both henderson and or fabinho have been back there they've done a good job. They've, they've not let in many goals. And, and if someone, if, if you were seeing the, the goals we've let in, um, you know, and it was Van Dyke in the back, you'd be like, Oh yeah, it makes sense. All right. West Ham one goal only Tottenham only one goal um, United. That was a, you know, a different game and we let in three, but I think that was FA cup um, you know, in the league, we gave up nothing against United only one against Villa only one against Southampton. And that was a crazy goal. So we've been giving up very few goals lately. Um, so that defensively, they've been doing well. But you can tell offensively, this whole mismatch of players uh, has had an effect, which is exciting, um, specifically because the, the transfer window closed since our last uh, podcast. And we got in two center backs. Uh, one, I was going to ask you about that. One Ben Davies from uh, Preston North End for a relatively small fee, actually extremely small fee. 
uh, 200 or under a million. Um, and, but however, he's not had any premier league experience. So not expected to just come in and solve all our problems. Uh, and then we got Ozan Kabak from Schalke, who is a young guy. Uh, I think he's 20. Yeah, he's 20. And he, he's on a struggling team, but this is a loan. Uh, they got him on loan for the rest of the season with an option to buy for 20 million. However, last year when they were linked with him, they were linked for him for 30 million. So this could be a really good, good scenario for Liverpool because we're getting a guy that we were interested in and pretend, you know, we're essentially, we're getting him on trial. We get a whole seat, you know, half a season for trial. If we like him, we get him for a third of the price um, that we were looking for the previous year. So he's definitely one for the future, but he's got the potential to slot in right away, which would then allow a Fabinho or a Henderson to move forward and start affecting the play positively as they had in the past. So I think that there's good things to come with that. However, we have had to deal with games in the meantime. Um, Brighton being one of them, and we didn't deserve to win that game. Maybe a draw would have been fair, but definitely not a win. And then, um, and then the city game. Um, well, before we move to that, uh, Allison had a got caught with um, an illness of some kind. Uh, kept him out of the the Brighton game, and Kelleher stepped in. And I love this kid. Um, he he's not really put a foot wrong since he's got in. And and I love having a nice backup, a homegrown backup that you can actually trust going into goal and expecting them to play just as well. So I, I really love to see that Kelleher was on point, made some really good saves. Uh, not, not for at fault for the goal. The goal is kind of a fluke. Um, so a lot of good, uh, I shouldn't say a lot of good things in the Brighton game, but um, some positives. <sighs> Did you guys watch either game Brighton or city? Uh, I saw the city game. Yeah, it was one of those games you don't want to miss. Uh, yeah, and and I think yeah. it lived up to to its uh, you know hype. I, I've said this before on the pod. I love Liverpool versus City. It's two teams with their gloves off, and they just go at it. And, and neither of them want to change their style. They they both want to play the you know high press, expansive, quick counters. Um, and I think it was a good game. Um, I think the scoreline was a little flattering to City. City definitely deserved to win, but I, I don't know if 4-1 was appropriate. What, what are you guys' thoughts on the scoreline? Yeah, that first half was, like, I, I got to text you, Jeff. It was like a basketball game, and it was so fast-paced. It was back and forth. It was countering left and right. Um, I, yeah, I mean, barring Allison doing whatever Allison was doing for like 10 minutes, I think that game was probably maybe like a 2-1 game. Um, and it was it was a very good game. But, yeah, I don't think the scoreline, it should have necessarily been 4-1 maybe. I don't know. I just think like City just saw that they were going to dominate a little bit more and they took full advantage of it. And I think Liverpool just couldn't really stop them at, at a certain point. Um, I think one mistake just kind of bled into a, a, a couple, and City, the juggernaut that they are right 
now we're just going to take full advantage of something like that. Yeah, yeah I the, think the way that City played, I think they deserved the result. I think the result, like, I don't know what Allison's doing. He, you know, maybe was hanging out with Adrian too much last year and um, kind of that's that second giveaway for the what their last goal, I think, or their third goal was like, what in the world was that? Um, but his feet you know, were cold, Joe. His feet were cold. Yeah. You know, like 60 minutes in and you get the penalty and make it 1-1 when City seemed to be like, you know, playing really well and kind of in stride, like, you know, that kind of turned the game around and, you know, just a couple of mistakes like that. It's got to be really frustrating because, you know, they could have got something out of the game and then, you know, playing out of the back with your keeper and stuff like that is the way everything's going. And sometimes you just got to get rid and he didn't do that. And it, it, it looks like match. he didn't even see the guy. Yeah. <laughs> like he passed literally right to him. Not, yeah. not that it was a miss kick. It looked like he passed right to him. Yeah. Twice. Uh, <laughs> twice. It, it was, it was bizarre and brought back memories of champions league final, as you mentioned, but um, Allison does have that in him about once a season. He, he has, you know, sometimes that leads to goals and sometimes he, you know, there's like a, um, like a little wake up reminder without a goal given up uh, this time, you know, against city, it, they're going to punish you. So that was bad. Um, but what, what two biggest things that I really took away from the game, you know, kind of like your, your game against wolves is sometimes you got to just throw these things out the window all right, Allison giving the game away. All right, well, you can't really judge a team performance based on that. Um, what I would judge it on is that actually the last 30 minutes of the first half, Liverpool were dominant. And they, they, there was wave after wave of, I don't say clear-cut chances because they weren't clear-cut chances, but they at least had the ball, kept City away from the ball, limited City to you know their opportunities and 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 tried to find their way into the city goal. So it was really good last 30 minutes of the half. And then, you know, halftime came, it sounded like Pep made a you know, change to four, four, two Liverpool couldn't adapt to that apparently quick enough. And, and city took the kind of took the momentum in the second half. Um, but one of the, the, the negatives that the biggest negative that I'd take away from the game was Liverpool's inability to, finish their counterattack or at least get an opportunity off from their counterattack. They'd constantly go forward on a counterattack, turn around and pass the ball backwards. And, and then city we're back defending. And, and we've seen now in the last couple months, how shut down city are once they've gotten into good shape. So it was like, we were never going to find our way through at that point. So why not take your chance of going forward and creating some magic on a counterattack when they don't have full numbers? And, and it just, it was infuriating the second half, watching their counterattack constantly stop and go backwards. Um, we call that the William effect around at Arsenal. <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> I could see, How I could see that. London to Liverpool, though. <laughs> it's, it's just... It was time and time again, and it, and it was an obvious issue. 
So that's something that we need to fix. We saw against West Ham the devastating effect we can have on a counterattack when done with purpose and precision. And when we turn it around and just try to possess, we, we lose ideas and, and typically turn the ball over with numbers short on defense and give up an opportunity on the other side. So uh, I hope they can see that and I hope they can fix it because it's it, and painfully obvious from my perspective. Which leads me to my beer. Uh, it's painful. Um, typically, we like to give good reviews on beers in, in our podcast, and I don't know if I can do that this time around. I'm drinking another Sufferfest because it is appropriate. <clears throat> we are suffering. Bracing the suck. Bracing the suck. That is our season right now. Um, still in fourth, so got to keep it in perspective, but it's not not tasting good. Uh, this is a beer that is, uh, what is the description here? It is a pale ale brewed with salt and black currant. It pours like a red amber ale, but it tastes like a sour. And uh, I am not enjoying it. So uh, <laughs> I'm not enjoying our, our run of games right now. And uh, I just hope that I don't, we don't have to deal with this anymore. <laughs> The, the actual beer name is FKT, which I could only assume is, am I allowed to say it, guys? Am I allowed to make this an R-rated podcast? Hey, let's, let's get that explicit rating. Let's go for it. <laughs> All right. I think it stands for fuck it. And that's kind of where <laughs> we're at. It's, we're at a point where we need to just say fuck it and start playing football again. Uh, just go for it. Stop worrying about all this this possession passing stuff and just go for it. Fuck it. Um, so that's where I'm feeling. And and that's where we're at. Uh, question before we move on. So you, you mentioned that you, you bought two center backs prior to this game. And there's a lot of talk about, you know, having to play midfielders and, and defense. Is there a shout to play those new players? I don't know if City is like baptism by fire, but like, wouldn't would you want two actual center backs playing in your defense as opposed to like your two better central midfielders playing out of position that may have given you a better chance up the field? Um, that is a valid question, but I think that if you were a coach, that you just got a, a two new players in, one of them's twenty years old and one of them is 25, has never played a Premier League game, and throw them up against against the arguably the best team in the world right now, um, I'm not sure if that's a recipe for success. So I would have been a little reluctant as a coach to throw those two in. I would more so look to the next game, give them a, another week of training together. And honestly, I don't even know if I'd put them together. I'd, I'd probably keep Fabinho in the back and put uh, Kabak in or, you know, either of them, to be honest. One's had more experience than the others, but um, I'd put one of them in to start to get some game time and start to ease them in because Fabinho has played well. He, he just is not, again, offering the attacking part that our normal center backs have. So, um or even Phillips. Nat Phillips has, has filled in admirably this season. He, he's, he's, again, a very good defender, great in the air. Uh, he'll do his work, but offensively, he offers nothing. Uh, Nat Phillips is 
he, he knows what he is and he, he's admitted that he's like, I, I'm not going to be able to put that ball 40 yards over the top pinpoint on, on Salah's foot. I'm going to pass it to my outside backs and let them work the magic. So we'll see, but I, I don't think throwing them into the city game would have helped anyone. Okay. Yeah, I was just curious. I mean, that was, that was a talking point I heard. And, you know, even like you said, even if one of them maybe could have slotted in, may have boosted your midfield, but at the same time, you would have been at the results of um, Curtis Jones maybe losing the spot or someone else, you know, that's been playing pretty well and is experienced in that role, like you said. Yeah, if you really wanted to talk about Curtis Jones, it, it was interesting uh, because you had Curtis Jones versus Phil Foden, essentially, two young English midfielder attacking players uh, vying for a spot at the Euros. And and I got to say that Foden is, you know, hands down the better player at this point. And rightfully so. Um, he's had a lot more first team experience the last couple of years. He's been in and around the team where Curtis Jones is just starting to break through this year. So uh, I'm excited still for Curtis Jones, but I think Foden is, is becoming more of a finished player at this point. He's only 20 years old. It's crazy. He was so yeah. good on the weekend. Um, he's going to be, He's going to be fun to watch and, you know, hopefully with Curtis Jones, hopefully he can, you know, cement a place. And he seems like he's getting in every match at least as a, maybe starting or sub. But it seems like he's in that kind of 14 that are playing every week and hopefully he can turn into the same, a similar player like Foden is right now and offer that spark and creativity and, and do those things. And, you know, I thought Curtis Jones played played well. Um, you know, it's just a city's a hard team to play against, and you know they're they're good everywhere. And um, on their day, they're they're tough to to beat. So absolutely. So if no no shame in losing to them. Unfortunately, it's the first time Pep's actually won at Liverpool um, at Anfield. Uh, it, was, it was nice keeping that kind of record again over his head, but. Um, another big talking point that came up and I don't know if you guys saw it. Klopp absolutely destroyed the reporter after the game. Uh, the reporter, oh, yeah. <laughs> the reporter offered, uh, he was a bit, um, what would you say? He, he was a bit, uh, argumentative or pro he, he was trying to egg, uh, Klopp on, you could tell, you know, by leading with, you know, you guys are down by 10 without a game in hand, you know, is, is the season done? You know, any coach just coming off a loss is not going to love that. Uh, there's been a lot of backlash for Klopp uh, for the way that he treated this, this reporter and, and just the excuses that Klopp have been coming up with this season in general. Um, you know, the five sub rule, the, the scheduling, he, he was attacking BBC for the injuries and, uh, he was going after what Southampton or um, uh, the coach from the Blades. Uh, he he was just oh, yeah. He's been doing Sheffield. some weird stuff this weird this year, uh, and a lot Wilder. of people have been yeah Chris Wilder, and um, he he's been a lot of some criticism for it, which you know is rightfully so. And then all of a sudden he comes out. I think yesterday or today his mom just died, and so that kind of lets you take a step back and like, okay, is this, is this the reason why he's been so weird or is the stress from not being able to dominate like he was last year 
it's it's hard to say, but um, I thought that that it's been an interesting point to watch, and and I hope that Klopp can turn around his mentality because it doesn't look great. But when you see that his mom died, you kind of you you got to give him a little bit of wiggle room at that point. Yeah, I mean the COVID scenario in itself is a tough thing to deal with, you know, and the fact that he can't even go back for it is, has got to be really tough. And like, given everything with the season, how it's going personal issues. I mean, it's all probably piling on top and it's got to be such a difficult thing to, to deal with and get through, especially at this time, pretty much isolated all the time. And it's got to be so rough. Um, definitely feel for him. Yeah, I didn't yeah. see, I only saw like headlines and stuff. I didn't see the interview, but I've seen previous interviews where Klopp has kind of been asked questions that seemed a little pushy. Um, in the moment when there wasn't a good result and, you know, he fires back and, you know, it's reporters got to, got to know it's coming. If you're going to ask questions like that, you gotta, you gotta know that you're not going to get a nice response. Um, but you know, it's, people are dealing with a lot of stuff now and, you know, mental health is a huge thing. And if, uh, you know, your family members passing away and you, you can't go visit and you can't go to a funeral. Like, you know, that's got a way on your mind and it's just not fun for anyone. So. So. Uh, yeah. And and so real quick, Jeff. Oh. Go ahead. I was just going to Jeff just wanted to, so where Liverpool is at right now. Um, this kind of happened with him at Dortmund is this like the their not the injuries maybe the injuries definitely not Van Dyke but like some of the other uh, players and just the way that the players just seem to like not be performing at 100% is this just like a result of Klopp's heavy metal football style of play that is just finally catching up to them because it's just it's like four years on and they're just probably tired of playing at full throttle I mean, similar things happened with Dortmund when he was in Germany. And is, is he reaching that point where the players are just gassed? Or is it just like a blip in the road and they can get through it? Well, let's hope the latter. But um, I think with the, with the COVID situation and the number of games they've been forced to play in a short amount of time and the, and the players, I mean, look, at I, I'd be interested to see Wijnaldum's minutes and how much ground he's covered in the time. Cause that guy's been everywhere and done everything and is re really not missed many minutes. Um, so it's gotta be weighing on him. Um, but I have worried about that in the past, your point about uh, Dortmund and the burnout effect from a coach and the, the fact that they signed him on for another couple of years already. Um, you know, if, if things do go South and stay South, uh, then, you know, we'd be probably, um, up for paying him a lot of money to, to part ways. But at this point, we're not ready for that. Right? He's, he's earned the credits. So he's earned the ability to, to work his way out of this one. And obviously at the end of the day, it's all results. And if the results don't come back, then yeah, you got to change. But at this point he's, he's earned the, earned the right to come back and try to turn this around. So I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go down the, the route of Dortmund just yet. I'm going to say it's, 
things are tired and injuries and things like that. And if things don't turn around, then I'll start to change my tune, but not until then. That's fair. It's just like an interesting thing to think about. Cause like it does, it's like that four or five year mark where I got to imagine playing that way for so long has to like take a toll on the body. So absolutely. Um, just curious. Something to keep, keep tabs on moving forward with like this season, next year. And um, who do you guys have at the weekend? Is it Lester? Yeah, we got Lester. Um, hopefully it's away because our home record lately has been terrible. <laughs> you got to get away from that uh, fortress, quote yeah. unquote. You guys we, we need our fans back, man. Uh, we need our fans back bad. Hopefully soon. But uh, yeah, we're away at, away at Lester. Do you think um, you ever, you'd ever say that before, Jeff? Well, Hoping we need our fans back. Yeah, uh, <laughs> not in the last three years. No, it was before my baby was born that, that they lost. Um, and now, now I just need a break from home games. <laughs> leave a little pressure by taking a break, uh, a little road trip, if you will. And then Arsenal That's are at good. home. So uh, what are we thinking? I don't, know, I don't know how to think about that. I don't know how to feel about a home game right now. <laughs> kind of similar to you, Jeff. We're typically a little bit better away, but um, what's our, what's our, what's our picks here? They, they've been up and down, and lately they've been down. Uh, I don't think their form has been all that great lately. Oh, they just they just won the other day uh, pretty, pretty well, uh, too, I think. Um, I'm like I, I enjoy Leeds. I, I I want them to do well, just not against us. And the way that we performed in the last matchup, hopefully we can just keep eleven players on the field. I think that would be a positive. And if we can hit them on the counter, because they're going to be very open, and if we can take advantage of that, I think we'll we'll do okay. Um, I'm I'm actually pretty confident in these in this game, given the way that we've been playing recently. So. I'm, I think we'll win. I think we'll win um, against Leeds. Maybe I'd like to say 2-0, but again, who knows what our defense is going to turn up and do. In the, if we can get past five, ten minutes, I think we'll be okay without giving up a goal. Yeah. Uh, also, I'm, I'm pretty confident. I think the way we're playing right now, um, it. I think we will play well against Leeds, just the way that they're so open and kind of, you know, just attack, attack, and kind of leave their back kind of open, and we can exploit that. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking like three one. I think we have some goals in us, um, which you know is exciting. I think that it'll be a fun match. I think the way that we're playing, the way the leads play, I think leads are always entertaining, and lately we've been pretty entertaining. So I think it'll be a good one to watch. I'm looking forward to. Must watch. Don't miss it. You hear that? Yeah. It's going to be gold. Arsenal, you got to watch from minute one to minute 90. Anything can happen. You so. missed 30 seconds. You missed a lot in that game. That's yep. for sure. And I'm going to have to set the alarm for the city game, for the Liverpool game, because it's uh, 630. Means I'm not going to be able to watch this game without a baby around. So that'll be fun. Um <laughs> He's been waking up around 6.30 lately, so that'll be my good alarm clock. Um, uh, it's at Leicester. Leicester have been playing okay. They picked up a win, last-minute win today in the Cup. Um, I'm thinking a draw. 
I'm feeling two, two, three, three. I'm hoping I, I would take that just for the fact that we could get some more goals in. Um, no, no, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to say three, nothing Liverpool. Oh, <laughs> wow. <feeling> it. <laughs> That's a big change. Jeff. Yeah, no, we're three, three tied to three, zero. Okay. Yeah, no, no, we're, we're keeping a clean sheet. I was going to ask you with that three, three, that three, three draw, how many assists for Allison? <laughs> well, right seven, now, six assists. <laughs> three, nothing. Calling it. I'll be sure to pick uh, Lester in the uh, in the pick. <laughs> Thanks. So. Uh, another big game. We got City <laughs> Tottenham, which uh, you know can heap more misery on Mourinho at this point because I think he's lost like three or four in a row. Yeah. Um, they're on a skid, and and playing City at home is going to be tough. No one deserves uh, it more than Tottenham. <laughs> right. No <laughs> one feels too bad for these no. guys. Um, Southampton's probably the worst team in form right now. They've like lost five in a row or something like that against another team, Wolves, that are just underperforming. So that should be, you know, one of these guys are going to get some points, you think. I think Arsenal Leeds is one of the more exciting ones of the weekend. So um, I'll probably be tuning into that one. Uh, anything else going on across the, the country or the continent? You got Inter Lazio. Looks like the Italian, um, the Italian race is still pretty tight. Inter and, and AC are, are fighting neck and neck. Um, Atletico's trying to, to lose their gap uh, at the top of Spain. All right. They got, um, Barcelona, um, stumbled a bit they uh but it's only five point gap at this point although atletico have two in hand um and then who cares about the french league uh, did i say that out loud um <laughs> is psg at the top probably uh no i think it's i don't think they are Let's see the french league we got lil yeah and then leon psg in third Holy moly. Uh, I did see Neymar just had a picked up a little knock right before Champions League picks back up. So that should be interesting because I think they have a pretty tough uh, matchup against Barcelona. Yep. So that should be interesting. Uh, speaking of which, Champions League starts up next week. So that's something to look forward to. Yeah, there's been I think uh, the Europa League starts next week. <laughs> yeah, a lot of traveling restrictions and things like that. So. Games yeah, are Budapest getting played all over different be, countries and stuff. And Budapest is going to be the place to visit right now. Yeah, I think like Arsenal, they're having to – I forget where they're traveling to. It's like two different places, I think, and that just makes safe. it really weird. <laughs> they're playing like – oh, man, I where was it? But they're two different countries that – so they're not playing their home games in a different country and their away games in a different country and – it's, uh, yes, I think we were playing at Olympiacos for one of them. Is that right? May, that possible. I, I think it's just uh, those little things that you don't so think are going to cause the, problems. The, yeah, we're playing at the Roma Stadium for one of them, definitely. And Liverpool has to go to Budapest uh, to play uh, Leipzig because Germany is restricted travel. So. Should be interesting, to say the least. Um, 
How are we doing in fantasy and pick'em? How are we doing, guys? Oh. I was winning at one point, but I don't think I'm in first anymore. <laughs> Not in the pick'em. Je- Jeff's got the pick'em. And... The, uh, I think it's... Still second. I should still be in second. And I'm 20 points up on uh, on fantasy. Yeah. So it is. I was in third place the last time we we, we got together. It, it really can go any direction at this point, yeah. you know, depending on injuries and sicknesses and yeah. It's... And if you forget to set your lineup. <laughs> yeah. You the, you take a risk when you pick uh, some of those like city players and those other ones that they have so many players you don't know if they're going to play and. It's, uh, you know, one week Sterling's playing for me and then he sits out for two weeks and, you know, it's, uh, you got to stay on top of it. And these early games, they get you sometimes when you're not thinking about it. So, but yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, nice. I got John Stone. It's fun when, you know, we're all really close and just a couple goals and some assists and you go from third to first and. You guys are even closing the gap on pick them. It's only a 60 point lead at this point. It was up to 120 uh, last time we talked, I think. So I have done terribly. Um, Everything I've picked has gone the opposite direction. So So keep uh, it up. I think you mean we've done really well. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's what's happening. Uh, I, I, I can't tell you how many I've missed. It's been, I actually went in one time. um, I think it was last weekend. I was literally flipping my, my results because I've, I, I had all of them wrong at that point. So I'm like, well, the rest of them must be wrong. <laughs> so it's bad. You've been picking Liverpool again, haven't you? Oh, I can't not pick Liverpool. <laughs> oh, Mike you Mike could. loves to not pick you Arsenal. Could. I haven't picked Arsenal in like years, I feel. <laughs> uh, Any questions from our, uh, to our Twitter feed? <sighs> not yet. Not yet, but I think I think I feel like someone's going to be asking a question too. I, I have a feeling we're, we're reaching the people more. I feel like it's coming. They want to hear that, folks. Mike's do. Mike is feeling you. All right, don't let him down. Get out there. We'll give uh, we'll give we'll give a prize to the first uh, person who sends us a question. How's that sound? All the <laughs> listeners out there, all of you, all the millions of listeners that are out there right now. Prize goes to the first person. What that prize is, we don't know. Yeah. We don't know. We don't know what that prize is going to be. It Maybe be it's anything. a t-shirt. I'll, I'll, I'll throw this out. I'll throw a t-shirt in the mix. A used t-shirt. Maybe it's a six-pack of uh, Suffer. <laughs> I also have a couple of Sufferfest beers to throw out. I mean, throw in. If Liverpool can auction off random crap from their old training ground, we can throw out a used t-shirt. Why not? Hey, I love Klopp's couch in my uh, in my house. I would. How about a, a pair of headphones that may or may not have been used by Klopp? Would you pay for that? Uh, depends, yeah. I mean, I'd trade it for a t-shirt, <laughs> that's for sure. Oh, that's funny. All right, I think we've uh, we've exhausted all of our information <laughs> on this week. Um, the football is kind of good, maybe, and the beer it can in be just good. case is not always good. But um, hopefully next week we'll uh, yield better results for the, the players, the squads, and the beers. And um, the beers, please. Jeff needs to drink a good beer. He went from no beer to beer to bad beer. He needs a good, he needs good stuff. 
We're doing stout next week, guys. I'm calling it. It's going to be a good week. Getting back to the stout. Oh, yeah. It's five degrees outside. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks, uh, everyone, for joining in. Um, Like I said, the the content is always here. We have a lot of it coming up, a lot of games coming thick and fast. Champions League Europe is starting. So we will be back next week with the good football, the good beer. And next round is always on us. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.